welcome to the Fulfillment Project. I'm your host, Sarah Fennell, international fitness model and former IFBB Pro figure athlete, turned personal development sponge, entrepreneur, and online marketing junkie. I want to have it all in life, and I am not afraid to admit it. This show is for high-performing, high-vibing humans who are ready to take action, step through their fears, and up-level their life and business. Join me as we take one more step closer to that today. All right. Hello, friend. Welcome or welcome back to The Fulfillment Project. I am your host, Sarah Fennell. It's Thursday. That means we have a guest here today. And I am very, very excited to introduce you to Vince Del Monte. If you don't know who Vince is, he has been in the online fitness space for 12 years. He got into the online space before social media, before YouTube, before it was actually kind of cool to have have an online business and no one really knew what to do with the online space. So we're going to dive into all of that stuff. Particularly, we're going to be talking about sales and just up leveling your business mindset, getting over sales, learning to be your most authentic self, because that is what is actually going to attract people into what you're doing. And how selling is really just sharing your experience, what you have learned from, what you have been through, and getting people to believe that you have the answers to help them on their journey. That's all that sales is. So we're going to dive into that with Vince. Vince is someone who Joe and I are personally getting to know right now. Joe and I have made an effort to get around big thinkers, get around people who are doing amazing things, who can inspire us, couples and families who we can align with so that we can continue to be high-vibing people that we want to be. So if you're always looking to up-level, you got to increase your circle, you got to increase your your network, your friends, those people who influence you on a regular basis. And Vince is one of those people for us right now. This man is incredible from the way he handles business to family to personal relationships to his personal growth. I'm so excited to introduce you to Vince. Vince, hello. Welcome to The Fulfillment Project. You are just the person I am so excited to introduce you to my audience and carry on some epic conversation that we had from dinner not too long ago. Yes. Uh, Sarah, it's an honor. I'm so uh, excited to be here. I'm not sure what you're going to ask me, but let's do it. (laughs) We're going to talk about all the juicy stuff. All right. So you've been around in the fitness industry for 12 years total or 12 years online? 12 years online. I launched my first ebook, No Nonsense Muscle Build. No Nonsense Muscle Building. The tagline was Skinny Guy Secrets to Insane Muscle Gain in 2000 and uh, October Sorry, it was, let me get it right, May 2006. May 2006. And this is awesome. And this is why I want to bring you on because this was before social media. This was before YouTube. This is before basically what the online world is now. And I'm sure you can attest to a lot of the changes. But, you know, yep. talking about the longevity and the long game and really having that long vision for the business. Because I feel like there's so much hype now with the online world. There's a hype with being an entrepreneur. It's like a buzzword. It's like the cool thing now. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, you definitely know the long game there of, of being around for a while and understanding that long-term vision. I've seen a lot of people come and go. When I came online, believe it or not, in 2005, I started doing my research into how to make money online. I hired a business mentor and I didn't even know, like there was no like monetization plan. There was no um, like 
end game with any of this. It was just a curiosity factor. I was a personal trainer wondering if I could maybe make a couple extra bucks to maybe pay my mortgage and my car payment uh, to maybe, you know, reduce the load of expenses. Like that's where my head was at. It was never to build a six figure business, a seven figure empire. We never used those words back in 2005. It was just, I wonder if I can make a couple extra bucks and, uh, you know, offset all this work I'm doing here at the gym and work a few extra hours, less hours. So when I started researching the muscle building space, cause I used to be a skinny guy, you know, it was, uh, saturated it there was 12 different guys at the time with long form sales letters and they all had the skinny to muscular transformation story and we all had the same marketing angles we were all promoting drug free we were all promoting in less time and we were all promoting without bogus supplements like we all had the same tagline and we all had you know fairly equally i would say impressive before and after photos all of our before and after photos would have been over a three to six month span and uh, one of the things I learned early on was that you don't market a service, you market yourself. Mm. And I learned how to tell the Skinny Vinny story, and I've been telling the Skinny Vinny story for over a decade. And that's what built my brand. Uh, telling the stories about when Paula McKinnon, the hottest girl in high school, challenged me or told, challenged me to challenge the strongest guy in high school to an arm wrestle who happened to be the captain of the wrestling team who crushed my arm in front of her and she burst out laughing in grade 11 and said, you'd be so much hard, hotter if you had big arms <laughs> and going into the locker room and, uh, you know, coming out crying because I noticed my forearms were half the size of all the other guys and going home and crying in the bathroom, screaming at God, why did you give me such small forearms? You know, and I, been telling those stories for 10 years because those are that that was my nightmare story and i guess when uh, people can relate to who you are and you have a result that uh, appears attainable to them they they're curious and they they give you a chance and um, if you don't let them down they'll come along for the journey that you're on and essentially my business model has been product after product but each product being one of my own personal transformations Mm -hmm. And I think that's so powerful. And I think this is where a lot of people, you know, get tripped up with their marketing. They're like, I, I know how to have a service or put together a workout program or nutrition. And they're like, I have no idea how to market it. When really, if we just share a story in our own experience of why we even wanted to create it, that's the whole marketing angle. Yeah. 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 Your, mar your marketing or your beliefs and getting crystal clear on what you stand for and what you're standing against, even more importantly, and people are looking for leaders that are clear. And I was very clear that you could build an amazing body. You could have your first muscle building transformation. My market was beginners. I was very clear. This was not for females. This was not if you wanted to do body weight. This was not fat loss. This was not recomp. It was just one thing. All I did was help the beginner gain his first 30, 40 pounds of muscle. And the promise was you could do this without those three things, without long hours in the gym, without drugs and without bogus supplements. And the message was that simple. And what I learned is it's not the message, but it's how well you market the message and how well you live it out to the point where people finally say, okay, man, I got to give this guy a shot. Mm -hmm. There's now other people, part of this movement, if you will, there's other men, a part of this mission. There's other men getting results. 
worked because people believe you can do it. Heck, they even believe your students can do it, but they don't believe that they can do it. So your job is really just to continue to compel them to the point where they say, yeah, I got to give this guy a shot. What the, what's the, you know, I've been trying everything else. And you've got to have an innovative approach to how you do things so people can say, you know, I haven't done it this way. You know, I haven't done the full body workouts. I haven't done the minimalistic training. I haven't done the variable rep ranges. So you start talking about the same things. And it's not the message, but it's the believability of the message. And that comes from credibility, from passion, from being real, from social proof, and uh, just being unrelentless and not you know, switching. It was funny because when I started losing my own focus on how to do things, I started getting around other people, science guys. I started forgetting my no-nonsense approach. And that's when my message started to get like convoluted and confusing. And that's when I started attracting haters and people calling me a, you know, you're contradicting yourself now. And, you know, so to get clear on what you stand for, I think that's the hardest people to, that's the hardest thing for people to figure out because you're putting a stake in the ground and, you, and you're not essentially saying everybody else is wrong. You are, but people don't want to make enemies. People don't want to polarize. And uh, this isn't this is the intent. But when you're that clear, like a vegan, I don't eat meat. You're when you're pregnant, say I don't drink wine. And when you're so crystal clear on your beliefs, that will be polarizing. But that's what you must do to monetize. You got to polarize to monetize. Mm -hmm. I think you said something really key there too, about keeping things really simple. And I know that some people can want to geek out on the science or, you know, the, the kinesthetics of the body, but in reality, like your target market doesn't give a shit about any of that stuff. Yeah. Unless you, unless you're in evidence-based science-based community, there are, there is a niche for that. So there is certainly a whole, like figuring out what's my business model and who's my person. And, you know, obviously if, some people come into this with the play of, Hey, how do I maximize monetization? Well, to do that, you do need to go mainstream. You've got to have a mainstream idea. You know, we look at our good friend here in Toronto, Greg O'Gallagher, he's crushing it because the look he markets, which is the mark he lives out, the, the, the look he lives out. This is his, I know Greg personally, we're great friends. This truly is the look he loves and he believes is attainable. And that is the most, uh, appealing, and it just happens to be a mainstream look. And uh, you kind of do want to figure out what is the end play. If your goal is to build a huge brand, you do have to consider that you have to get into the mainstream, mm -hmm. right? But if that isn't your plan, then you can go much more like, you know, powerlifting, hardcore bodybuilding, science base. And there is a niche out there. It's tougher to monetize the scale, but that just comes down to, what your vision is and what you feel you were called to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So let's scale this all back to, was it 2005 you said when you, you started getting into the online space? So yeah. how, and like, I know how this is done, but maybe some listeners here who are caught up in the social media world, how do you build an online business without social media? <laughs> so oh my God, I hate social media. I honestly <laughs> wish social media, honestly, I hate social media. I, my coach uh, taught me to not call it social media. We call it business media. And I do get caught up in using it for social reasons, but I use it to make money. Mm -hmm. The only reason I'm on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram is to make money and to take care of my family and to take care of my family's family down the road. So it's where attention is. And back uh, before social media, attention were on authority sites like bodybuilding.com. 
Tea Nation, Iron Man Magazine. They were in, attention was in the magazines, men's health, men's fitness, all the different publications. So the only reason we're on social media today is because that's where people's attention is. It's just a medium. It's like TV, you know. Everybody back then was reading magazines. So the goal was to be published in a magazine. Uh, another big way that I built my business early on was just getting published on like, sites like ezines.com, like free article sites. So to become a published article, sorry, <laughs> to publish articles as a published author on magazines, online magazines, and have a link back to your website, I, that was a strategy I wrote for years. Hmm. Uh, no, people don't read articles. People don't have the attention span to read articles. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, it, there's are people that read articles, but uh, and there's people that are crushing it with you know authority-based websites. Uh, so again, it comes down to the channel that you can execute best on. For me, I love video. So when YouTube came around in 2008, I jumped on it. I, I was like, cool. Because for me, I'm like, people can get to know me. They can, uh, you know, kind of hear my, I stutter, you know, I contradict myself. I stumble over my words. They can look me in the eye. I, I'm like, if people are following me on video, they like me. And that's like, and that's the number one thing. Selling is getting people to like you, know you, and trust you. And like, this is the coolest way to build a brand because then you don't need to sell hard because they already like, know, and trust you. So when they watch three or four of your videos, you know, when they hit the website, they're already pre-sold. They're just going to look for the order button. And I love that idea of building a real relationship with people and letting them get to know you flaws and all. And, uh, YouTube became a very powerful way that, uh, grew my business after article marketing. Mm -hmm. So at what point when, after you started your business, did you actually realize like I could make a good living from this because you wanted to do it from the beginning of just, you know, maybe covering some extra bills and making a little bit of money on the side. Year one, I made 10 grand online. This was when I was, uh, uh, it was 2006. So I made a whopping 10 grand. I had invested in a business coach. I paid him $7,500, never met him to this day. He gave me one, one hour coaching call a month, six months straight, step-by-step. Step. Didn't tell me the next step till we completed step one. Probably the most effective way you can be coached, by the way, is to not tell your students where you're going, but just to tell them what they need to have done in the next 30 days and put the blinders on. And that's how I was coached. That's how I coach my students now. So after six months, I launched my ebook, and uh, after uh, a year, I'd made a whopping ten grand. So it was kind of cool because I was still a trainer at the gym, and uh, it wasn't until I went to an event, uh, Craig Ballantyne's event, and uh, it was in West Palm, Florida, and I just started learning more about the affiliate world, and I found all these other guys who were doing what I was doing. We were building lists, and it's the whole "you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back." Now that kind of sounds like we didn't like each other. We absolutely had real relationships and we liked each other's products and we discovered that we could promote each other's products for a commission. And that's how we started uh, sharing customers and growing together. And affiliate marketing was another way that really uh, blew up my brand. In the second year, I made a hundred grand. Uh, so that was more money than I made as a trainer that year, which was 74 grand. So I'm like, interesting. I, made a hundred grand online part time. Cause I was doing this around my job. I hadn't quit my job yet. And my boss actually guided me to the online, our actual mutual, mutual friend, Murray Middlemost. 
And uh, yeah, it was Murray was introducing me to this whole world of making money online. And uh, I said, it's your fault, Murray. <laughs> you introduced me to this world is that I knew you weren't going to be here forever, Vince. And uh, we still have a great relationship to this day. So that's when I quit my job after year two. And uh, I was also starting to get into the launch model. You know, back then you could launch a product with affiliates and in a three, four day window, I still remember my first launch. I made 35 grand in three days. And that's when I knew this is real. Mm-hmm. And, and it was nuts. Uh, so it was pretty cool because, you know, I was telling my dad, you know, about the results. And uh, when I got into the fitness industry at 22, I was working at the, YM, at the YMCA after spending 50 grand on a university education. And my dad asked me at the age of 22, he said, are you going to be a personal trainer when you're 35? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, is there something wrong with that? And he didn't, you know, obviously didn't see it as a stable thing. He was like, well, you know, why don't you go back to school, get a degree uh, as a teacher? Uh, you know, and uh, I realized back then I had to, it, it, he had the right to be skeptical. And if there was anybody's uh, skepticism that I would take to heart, it was his because I have a great relationship with him. But I realized that I had to reassure him that this was viable and it was funny because uh, when I told him, uh, you know, about the check I was getting, a $36,000, $35,000 check, you know, I told him and, you know, <laughs> a week or so later, he called me up and uh, he goes, did that check go through? <laughs> <laughs> he thought, you know, he was still skeptical after the money was coming in. Did, did the check bounce? I know the check didn't bounce. That's so funny. Well, that's our parents' generation too, right? I mean, the the fitness world was not popular for them, even like the online space. They, my mom still has no idea what I even do. Like she doesn't understand. Yeah. She's not on Facebook. She's not online at all. So it's it's a hard generation to try because they want to protect us, right? Yeah. So yeah. I'm sure your dad's pretty proud of you now. Yeah, he speaks at all of my events. Uh, yeah, he's actually been a contributor to one of my online shows, Live Large TV, and he's got his own fan base. Uh, through my world and through the work he does. But yeah, he's, uh, but yeah, he's still kind of, you know, the cautious, the cautious one and, uh, is just, you know, more risk adverse, but it's, it, again, it just comes down to, uh, it's, it's great. You know, we have a really cool relationship where he sees me taking these risks and, uh, he would describe, uh, the way I function in life as, as, uh, we keep him and my mom on the edge of their seats. Me and my brothers do. (laughs) (laughs) So how have you seen the online space change in, you know, the last 12 years of, of being in it? Yeah. Well, I still know, like, here's the thing. It has changed and it hasn't changed. Like I heard somebody say video sales letters don't work anymore. Those long 30 to 60 minute video sales letters. Uh, yes, they do. I was out for dinner with a good friend last week who's spending over $50,000 a day and crushing it. Um, so, uh, long form sales letters don't work. Uh, yes, they do. My friend has one that's 96 pages long and does $25 million a year. Mm. So, so the, the whole idea that stuff doesn't work anymore is just, it, it might not be working as well for a certain marketplace. And, uh, we're still seeing massive success with long form video sales letters, long form sales pages that people would look at and be like, really? that are actually, you know, actually making a killing. Um, now they're targeted at different demographics, uh, and marketing is marketing, you know, Claude Hopkins wrote the first book, scientific advertising, you know, years, many years ago, and all the same stuff that worked way back in the sixties and seventies still works today. 
It's just on different mediums and uh, different, you know, platforms. But uh, I think it really does depend on the space, you know, in the muscle building market. Uh, you know, those long form video sales letters may not be as effective. Social proof is like really compelling. Being a celebrity, just being somebody of massive authority. But even with those things, when you add the marketing, when you add the right funnel, when you add the upsells, when you add the data, when you add the traffic buyers, anyone who's doing anything significant without what we're doing, direct response marketing, is leaving boatloads of money on the table. So to, to, so to argue that, you know, I've seen some guys come into our coaching program and they're like, yeah, but so-and-so doesn't do any of this sales stuff, marketing stuff, and they seem to be doing well. I'm like, yeah, they're doing well, but they could be doing 10 times better. Uh, this stuff enhances your celebrity. This stuff enhances your social proof. This stuff enhances your vulnerability, your story. So marketing is marketing. And the guys that are combining everything, the social proof, the authority status, the true, real, authentic story with the variety of price points, the ascension model, all that, those are the guys that are, you know, having the massive businesses and aren't going anywhere. Mm -hmm. So what do you contribute to your long game of, of being in this industry and, and staying focused? Because I think a lot of people get squirrel brain and can jump from thing to thing. And I think we're all a little bit guilty of that here and there. Yeah. Why do you think Number you've one, been able to survive? Yeah. I started off in a, as a category of one. You know, I, I didn't compete with the big bodybuilders. I didn't compete with, you know, for female attention. I didn't compete for the body weight you know, group, I focused on one person and you've got to become a specialist. You know, you need to, that singularity of focus, you've got to say no to the many so you can say yes to the few. And the few that I said yes to were the skinny guys that wanted to have their first dramatic muscle building transformation. So you first have to decide what marketplace am I going to be number one in? If you're not number one or two in your marketplace, by 2025, you'll be out of business. You have to be committed to being number one. So that's the first thing. And then uh, the next thing is to commit to becoming a celebrity. You know, you've got to be the authority figure, the expert, the guru. People have to hear your name and say, yeah, he's the guy that does that better than everybody else. So, so your entire business model needs to be built around how do you get to the next level? What stage do you need to get on next? What podcast do you need to get on next? Who do you need to collaborate with next? Uh, what magazine do you need to publish in next? So, uh, you got to continually elevate your status, right? People want to give their money to celebrities. People want to give their money to Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, to Andy Frasilla, to Ed Milet, to Bejo's Cooling, because they're authority figures. Mm -hmm. I want to say I go to the Grant Cardone boot camp and I gave him 10 grand. I brag about that, right? People, you got to be somebody who your audience is proud to say, that's my coach. And that just takes time. There's nothing that can replace time. All those things I just mentioned are the right things to do to give yourself the credibility so that when you put the sales page out, you know, it converts at a higher point than somebody who's not a celebrity. And to be honest, when you become more and more of an expert and celebrity and authority figure, you can kind of, you can definitely strip, strip away a lot more of the hype 
that you may have to use initially to get the attention if um, you know people have never heard of you before. So everyone needs to be asking themselves, are my advertising dollars going towards uh, getting me on platforms and with people that will elevate my status? And I'll give you a simple example. I just uh, sent a nice check over to uh, guys whose job is to get you on higher quality podcasts. Because I know if I'm on you know, Grant Cardone's podcast, Power Players, one day, I'm never going to have a problem getting people into my coaching program because they're going to be like, crap, he's, he's, he's now working with – geez, like, mm-hmm. all right, Vince is – he's vetted. You got to get vetted. You got to get vetted out by the experts, and that requires money. You got to pay to play. You know, you, you got to do what you got to do to get on these guys' radars. That's why I'm a part of Bajos and Craig's mastermind. You know, I'm one of their t- – actually, they're coming to New York in a few weeks to do a story on me because I've been their top – success stories from the empire mastermind bedros has spent the last year aligning with 10 of the top entrepreneurs in the industry for his book man up and now bedros is going to be edifying me and putting me in front of all the audience that he's built from all those influencers that's what's going to give me a big a big bigger and better roi than anything else i can put my money into so I think people have to be committed. If you want to stick around, if you want to be around in 5, 10, 20 years from now, you've got to be committed to going to the top. You, you cannot have this belief that you can fly under the radar. <laughs> it, it's such a misdemeanor. It, it's, it's just such a it's, a, it's a lie. The only people that need to fly under the radar are people doing things illegal. <laughs> Drug dealers. You know where the term flying under the radar came from? It came from trying to get into other countries with drugs. They had to actually literally fly under the radar. So the whole idea is I'm going to sneak my way to the top. It doesn't work like that. You have to buy attention. Money follows attention. And, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. I just sent a DM this morning. Uh, in two weeks from now, Swiss is coming into town. Or Swiss is here, sorry, here in Toronto, the big weight training and symposium. And I'm trying to think of, like, what can I do to continue to get attention? And I know people hear this is strategic. It is strategic. You've got to be strategic. You've got to be you got to be this is business guys this is if, if this if you're looking if you're looking at this from a lens that this is strategic then you're not a businessman you're not a businesswoman and you yeah this is you're exactly right it's strategic i sent a message to uh, john meadows christian Thibodeau, and um and uh stan efferding who are three people that i look up to i've learned an enormous amount of information from from over the years and they're all in toronto in two weeks from now I sent them a message this morning, and I said to each one of them, I'd love to pay for an hour of your time. I want to get them to take me through a personal training session, and then I'd love to interview you for my podcast. All three of them have replied to me in just the last two hours, and I'll be linking up with each one of them, assuming everything goes through, uh, in two weeks from now. So so why am I – you know, like they could have all said, ah, no thanks, Vince, uh, not interested, uh, too busy. You got to put yourself out there mm-hmm. and you got to make these partnerships. And I led by offering value by saying, I love to bring them on my podcast. We have a lot of listeners. So what would be something of interest to them? I said, Hey, I'll come to you. I also, I'm also happy to pay for their Uber or there any transportation they need to come to the gym for where we're going to film. Uh, you know, Tibble said no need to pay. We'll train together. I just, just sent me a message. I like, can literally a minute before we got on here. That's awesome. And uh, yeah. And it's, uh, so you got to have, um, you got to have some courage, you know, to build a business. You can't be afraid of like people not replying. 
Yeah. And you made a really good point about partnerships and masterminds and mentoring and coaching. And like you, you cannot, cannot, cannot build a business by yourself. So how has coaching and masterminds transformed your business? Well, in the early days, I built affiliate partnerships. You know, I created, uh, and some people laugh at this, but I'm laughing at them. I don't know why people think this is silly. I mean, this is the root of the mafia. You know, they would create, we created what we call the syndicate. And people are like, oh, yeah, syndicate. You need a syndicate. If you're trying to do this by yourself, you might be able to get there. You know, you, know, you, might, you might be the next Jeff, Jeff Cavalier who did it all by himself, but it took him, you know, 10 plus years. And you get to the top by not aligning yourself with anybody. And, you know, some guys can pull that off. Very few can. The majority of people that I know who have risen to the top have built alliances and had guys. So I'll tell you straight up, you know, back in 2000, I think it was nine or 10, me, John Romanello, Craig Ballantyne and Joel Marion, we said, let's form a syndicate. And essentially John was, uh, what was John? John was our fat loss guy. Craig was the body weight guy. Joel was the nutrition guy. And I was the muscle guy. So we weren't direct competitors and all we agreed to, and by the way, we were friends, uh, we had, we obviously all loved each other's information. We all had a real relationship. None of this was fabricated, but we did strategically say, whenever you come out with a product, I will promote it. Whenever you come out, uh, whenever I come out with a product, you promote me. So, so between the four of us, we're all building our audiences independently. And whenever we had product launches, we supported each other. So all of our efforts were getting multiplied and anyone who has a Wealth mindset knows you don't make money with addition and subtraction. That's middle class thinking. You make money with multiplication. So you have to multiply your network. And that's essentially what we did. And then we're all, 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 all of a sudden, we're all eating off a bigger pie. So when I joined a mastermind, you quickly meet guys who are going in the same path as you. And you become friends. I mean, 10 of my top affiliates were all at my wedding. This isn't fake. Like, heck, a couple of the guys, our wives are best friends. The kids are growing up together. Don't tell me this is fake and made up. This is real. Some of my closest friends in the world, the kids are growing up together. We're going on vacations together. This becomes really cool. And people have to understand, people want to do business with their friends. I get a DM from some guy says, hey, I'm wondering if you can get involved with my business this morning. Why in the world would I get involved with your business when I have 70 coaching clients I have over 50 friends. There's like 130 people before you. (laughs) You're not even like in the top 100. Like even in 10 lifetimes, you're never going to get to the front of the line. Yeah. People do business with their friends. So really you have to realize that you have to invest into time that will uh, give you the opportunity to build a real relationship. And I've been in tons of masterminds. I'm not like close friends with everybody. The ones that I do business with are real relationships, and that's the power of masterminds early, early on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and like we said, if you do it yourself, you're waiting maybe maybe ten years. So you cut down on the time, you expedite your knowledge, and you build the relationships. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, let's get into talking about sales. You you love sales. You love sales calls, closing. How would you? What are your top tips for closing people on the phone? Let's talk about phone sales. Yeah, I mean, the big thing is to, uh, one, state the intent of the call. And it's to say, hey, the intent of the call today is to see if you're a good fit for my seven-figure mastermind. 
Like, let's get to the point here. This is you always got to state the intent. All right. And the next thing is to uh, work through a formula to find out where they're at and where they want to be and to figure out the path and to see if you're a good fit. The goal isn't to sell them. The goal is to see if they're the right person for your program. And if they're not to direct them to what would be best for their best life. So it's never about making somebody do something that they're not meant to do. And so really it's a interview, it's a qualification process and it's to find out if they're committed to doing this with or without you. That's one of my number one questions. I ask them, are you committed to growing a successful and profitable business with or without us? And if they say yes, then you just, you're transparent that, okay, cool. So when you sign up today, you're buying four things. You're buying speed, knowledge, relationships, and accountability. And you're transparent. That's what you're buying today. All right. And then you just find out, you know, I ask a lot of hard questions. My, my, my kind of sales approach is not to sell somebody, but to get them to sell themselves. Because at the end of the day, you have to be ready to do this. Like we've already done this with dozens of people. If you want, if you want to talk to people we've already helped, I've got the social proof. All right. I've got the track record. I don't need to sell you. You need to mentally come in prepared that this is going to be lonely. This is going to be long and there might not be any ROI. This is not a get rich quick scheme. All right. You might put in your monthly investment and not turn an ROI for six to 12 months. Are you sure you want to do this? And this isn't a sales tactic. This is the truth. Are you sure? I tell people, why now? Why not now? Why me? What's most important to you in a coach? And I challenge them to really ensure they're ready. Because you know, being an entrepreneur is not for everyone. Ty Lopez and Grant Cardone have mainstreamed it. They've done all the heavy lifting for us. Because everybody wants to do it now. Now I got to weed out the fanboys mm. from the big boys. My job is to make sure that they're not a entrepreneur. Because you let one wrong person into your coaching program and they ruin it for everybody else. So I have to protect the group. I have to have a price point that is going to only attract serious people. I need to have events so that I know People are getting real skin in the game. We get people flying in from seven countries. I had a guy flying from Australia to Toronto. And I asked them, how do you justify this, this size of investment? I throw the, they're like, they like, Hey, how do I justify this Vince? I'm like, you tell me, <laughs> that's a great question. You tell me, you yeah. can go do an online course for a half, for a fraction of the price. Why us? Why are you going to spend it? Sales isn't about getting someone to do something they don't want to do. It's about getting them to convince themselves. You know, when I went to buy the Bentley recently, the guy's like, dude, why are you dropping this much money on a Bentley? What's, why is it so important to you? He didn't say it like exactly like that. And they, well, dude, this is a no brainer. You know, this, if I sell one mastermind a year because of the car, it's paid for. So one of the big things is like to help your students really start thinking in terms of what their investment will cause and not cost. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and this is, and this is, this is really powerful to move from the cost to cause mentality. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of people get, they get scared to get sales, but if you ask the right questions, then they just, they sell themselves into it. And, and that like they should be doing most of the talking, right? 
Yeah. And I, and I, it's just asking a lot of questions. I got obviously a script. There's obviously a strategy and you also you need to know how to you know handle objections. You know, absolutely. There's a lot of great courses, a lot of great people who can arm you, but you, you need to practice. You have to commit to being a sales professional. Mm-hmm. You've got to commit to leaning in, in the end, you got to know that. I mean, heck our great friend, Craig Ballantyne, he almost compromised our relationship to get me into the perfect life workshop because he knew I was not living up to my full potential. And he must have sent me a half a year's worth of emails every time there was an opportunity for me to sign up until he was finally in Toronto. And, and he gave my dad a free seat just to get me to come. And it was that event that changed the trajectory of my online business, which moved me from fitness coach to business coach. And if Craig did not persistently and enthusiastically follow up with me, I would not be where I'm at today. So I can make a very strong case for people that are afraid to sell being selfish because the only person they care about is themselves, their own feelings saying, I'm afraid to be pushy. That's not about the other person. That's about you. So when Craig followed up with me and kept leaning in to the point that it almost compromised our friendship, we, you know, obviously embellishing that a little bit, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like, come on, Craig, and it's $5,000. I'm like, come on, come on, for a day, Craig, $5,000 for a day. Really? Come on, man. Really? I can get your book for 15 bucks. I got the worksheets. It's pretty good. Like, but when I did the workshop and he gave me the outside eyes. He gave me the marching orders. He told me what I had to stop doing. He gave my wife clarity on, you know, she was a new mom, not sure if she should be businesswoman or mom through a season of life we were in. And it was like, wow, we would have never got this if we didn't come here today. So it really comes down to understanding the value of what you have to offer people. And you've probably heard this analogy before, but if you had the cure for cancer, would you not be going and sharing it? Would you not be sharing it with every single person you know? So you have to have the belief that what you're offering is literally relieving people's pain and extending their life and making it better. And when you do, then you're not afraid to lean in because I'm not afraid to follow up with people for weeks and months. And there's certain people that still haven't come into the coaching program yet. And I know they will because they had the same mindset as me. They were fear fearful, but I'm showing them how to sell by following up with them. So they'll have the belief to do it when they build their own coaching program. So the big thing that I teach is this, you sell the same way you buy. Mm, Yes. Let's get into that. So you sell the same way you buy. A big thing I hear from people is, uh, what do I say when I need to think about it? What do I say when they tell me, sorry, what do I say when they say I need to think about it? The only reason they're saying I need to think about it is because that's how you buy. You're indecisive. If you're indecisive, you'll attract indecisive people. What do I say when they say I need to talk to my wife? The only reason they're saying that is because you need to talk to your wife. What do I say when they say it's too expensive? The only reason they're saying that is because you think stuff is too expensive. So you need to start buying the same way you want people to buy from you. If you want people to make decisions fast and firm on the phone, when I pitch you on my coaching program, you have to say I'm in. How can you expect somebody else to make a decision that fast if you can't even make a decision that fast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How can you expect, you know, if I'm on the phone with someone and they say I got to talk to my wife and I always have to talk to my wife. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it, yeah, good idea. 
I don't, I don't talk to my wife about financial decisions anymore. The reason that I had to talk to her about financial decisions in the past was because, because I had lost her faith in some bad decisions I had made. And I shared this issue with my coach and he said, you got to use the three magic words on her. I said, what are those? <laughs> Trust me, baby. <laughs> and I used those words when I re-signed up with Craig and Bejos. I told uh, her, trust me, baby. And then I took massive action and I made a pivot. And now she doesn't ask me about her ad spend anymore. She doesn't, she doesn't, you know, she, she raises her eyebrows a bit, but uh, she trusts me. I've taken leadership. So one of the biggest things I, I coach my guys on and my gals on is to become a leader of yourself because you're the hardest person to lead. And that will start to allow you to speak with authenticity on the phone when somebody says, man, that's a lot of money. I totally get it. Recently, I was invited to join a coaching program that was a lot of money for me too, but I made the leap and here's where I'm at now. All you need to do is make the leap. You in? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you know what? Man, money's tight right now. I get it. Money's tight for me too. Um, here's what I did. I scrambled some credit cards together because it doesn't take money to make money. It takes courage and it takes guts. You don't need huh, – you have the money. You know, Visa, MasterCard. And Amex has got your money. You need to call them and convince them to increase your credit card limit right now. That that It doesn't take money. It takes courage. Oh, how am I going to have that conversation? What if they say no? you got to convince them. I bet your mom's got the money. Your dad's got the money. Your brother's got the money. Somebody's got the money. Go. you got to go talk to them right now. Uber's got your money. Lyft has got your money. you got a bunch of crap in your house you got to go sell. So you got to start getting people to realize price is just a myth. Everyone's got the money. Mm. The problem is, is you're afraid that it's not going to work. So I tell people at the end of the call, hey, there's only two reasons you're not going to do this today. One, you don't have the money. Two, you don't believe it's going to work. And if they believed it was going to work, then they'd go find the money. So I always say, you don't believe this is going to work. Yeah. And uh, that's if you believe something was going to work, You'll why wouldn't you go way. get the why wouldn't you go get the money? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And especially the people who are listening to this, you know, the trainers, the coaches, you know, if you don't invest in coaching yourself, how can you ever expect someone to invest in you? Like that's the number one rule. I actually heard somebody say it's a pyramid. I'm like, <laughs> it's a great pyramid. It's the best pyramid ever. It's like, cool. You're just, and like, but it's true. If you're obviously you're hiring a good coach who's helping you get better and getting you the results and you're hiring someone that you trust, it, it's beautiful because everybody needs a coach and there's enough people in every, every single person's sphere to have, you know, at least a six figure business, you know, there's, I mean, my brother were thinking about this the other day. I mean, if you just do the math on a six figure business, you know, $8,000 a month, you know, divided by $200, you know, I don't know what the, I don't know my calculator was a 50, 60 people paying you 200 bucks a month, something like that. Mm. So everybody has 50 to 60 people in their sphere who will pay them 200 bucks a month to get you to a six figure income. Anyone can achieve that. And I, I tell my guys that the minute you invest into our coaching program, your own coaching program is going to grow because you can use this investment decision as a way to make your, uh, you know, close calls more effective. Mm-hmm. Because I would never hire a coach that doesn't have their own coach. 
And I've actually, and, I, and this sounds like, yeah, but of course that sounds, it makes sense. But I actually talked to a lot of guys in Europe. It's funny in Ireland and in the UK, and this isn't a popular mindset they have this mindset that, but if I tell people I have a coach, won't they just go to that guy? <laughs> I'm like, you can't afford my guy. Yeah, exactly. Bezos can create 50 K a year paid in full. Yeah. Go to my guy. You should go to my guys. <laughs> and, and, and then they go to their guys. Bezos is with Joe Polish. That's a hundred K a year. Yeah. You should go to my guys, but they can't afford it. So by telling people you have a coach, you're now getting access to their pipeline. People join my coaching program because they can't get access to the guys I have access to. And I can get those guys to come and speak at my coaching program. So people see the value in it. So this all comes back to the original conversation of how do you accelerate your business success? How do you go the distance? It's increasing your celebrity. It's increasing your authority. And if that's the only thing you focus on doing better at each year, you'll never be struggling. Well, you know, you're never going to you'll, you'll always be having impact and moving forward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How let's change the conversation a little bit. How was that transition for you with going into business coaching now? Because I, you know, I've recently done that. You know, Joe and I have made that leap as well. What was that transition like for you? At first, it was scary. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when um, you know Bay just asked me, uh, "Why don't you have your own coaching program?" You know, it was because um, back in two thousand and ten. I had a coaching program. It was it was crazy because I actually had two guys approach me, and they said, "Hey Vince, uh, I didn't share the story with you guys, by the way. You know, would you coach us?" And I, I this is when I was deep in my muscle building stuff. I'm like, "Why would I teach you guys what I'm doing? Like, it doesn't make sense for me to teach you guys. You guys are my you know direct competitors, but we're all in the same space." Mm-hmm. And like, well, we'll pay you. I'm like, how much? They said ten grand a head. And we'll find the guys and we'll run the events. All you need to do is show up and teach. I'm like, really? <laughs> That's a good deal. They got 10 guys. And uh, first event, second event, they say I blew them. They told me I blew them out of the water. And uh, I was just showing up teaching what I was doing in my business. Like I wasn't preparing. I wasn't doing like handouts. We we're doing some masterminding. I was answering questions. I was just ahead of everybody in the group. But what happens, they caught up very quickly. And a lot of the guys were in like the six figure mark and a lot of them accelerated. Like I kid you not like towards seven figures, many of them over seven figures, they caught up to me. So in the third meeting, they asked me at the end of the meeting, what's next? And I wasn't prepared for that question. And I pulled out of my rear, I'm doubling the prices next year. And there were crickets. And because these were dear friends, guys who had built a really great relationship with many of them are all great friends to this day. They pulled me aside that night into a hotel room. We were, we were in the keys, key wet, key, somewhere in the Florida was the keys, beautiful resort where we should have been out, you know, socializing, having fun. And they said, uh, you dropped the ball on this one, Vince, you showed up, blew us away with meeting one meeting two, but they wanted to like pull me aside and explain to me why they weren't signing up for another year. And that demoralized me, even though it wasn't like a real business model. I just felt like a huge bull. I'm like, you kind of just showed up and taught. And I was, I didn't actually wasn't really aware that as a coach, you always have to stay ahead. You always have to be up in the ante. And I wasn't aware of this because I didn't have a business coach guiding me through this. And that really hurt me. Uh, because I mean, all the relationships stayed intact, but when 10 people say, 
here's 10 grand to coach us. And then at the end of the year, they don't see value in renewing with you. I just, that was just a massive defeat. And I left business coaching Mm -hmm. for many years. I just went right back to my muscle building business. And that could have been the start of a huge online coaching business empire. And it wasn't. Uh, So a couple years later, I eventually went to doing these two-day seminars called Zero to Six Figure Formula. And it was side cash because I was still getting approached by a lot of people saying, hey, Vince, how can you coach me, mentor me? And I wasn't interested in doing coaching and mentoring. But I thought I could do two-day events, charge two grand a head. And I did about seven of them. Uh, There were seven of them. And I had anywhere from 10 to 40 people show up. I sold out every one. And it was cool because it was like I show up, I teach, and then send them to a private Facebook group. And and it was like just some side cash kind of thing. And um, it was around the seventh one where Bejos, you know, was about to launch Empire. It was after I did the Perfect Life Workshop with Craig. And uh, he was kind of asking me, hey, Vinny, you know, a lot of the guys that you started with, even start guys who started after you've taken the leap. And what he meant by taking the leap was that they've gone from seven figures to eight figures and some of them on their path to nine figures. And he said, why haven't you taken the leap? Why are you still kind of stuck? How come you haven't evolved? And he essentially said, you know, if you don't show up differently, you don't show up at all. And, uh, he really was speaking to a, a deep pain point and, um, a fear in my life, which was losing my identity as a seven figure earner. And I think a lot of us aren't trying to get to the next level, but we're trying to make we're trying to maintain the identity we've established, uh, and we're making safe decisions to prevent losing what we've gained, as opposed to trying to go to the next level. So we're really playing not to just trying not to lose, mm-hmm. and, and that was me. I wasn't playing to win; I was playing not to lose, and I was plateaued. And when everybody around you is seeing, oh, Vince is a seven-figure earner. Uh, you get comfortable there and you don't start making the decisions you need to make to get to the next level. And I didn't have outside eyes. I didn't have coaching. And, uh, a Bejo said, why don't you start your own coaching program? And I told him the story about 2010 and still, uh, feeling the sting of that. And, uh, you know, he reassured me that he could guide me through it. And this was on a Tuesday. All right. So this was on a Tuesday and I had a two day event on the, on the Saturday. So Bedros here is pitching me the Empire Mastermind, 50 grand, paid in full on a Tuesday. I told him the event is on Saturday. And he was telling me I should pitch a mastermind from the stage. I said, I've never pitched from the stage before. What if nobody signs up? And he's like, well, here's what you do. And he started telling me everything. And this is before I gave him the money. He got me results in advance. He said, well, you got to pay for lunch. I said, pay for lunch? That's going to be an extra four grand. He's like, you got to feed them first. I'm like, so she's asked me to put out an extra four grand to my event on last minute notice. And he's asking me to pitch something I've never done before to a group of people. And uh, for 18 grand, by the way. And he said, I'll give you the script tomorrow. But you got to commit today. And I had to go have a conversation with Flavia. I said, Flavia, I just got off the phone with Bedros. Here's the deal. And I used those three magic words. I said, trust me, baby. And I went into the event on Saturday. I practiced in front of her the night before in her master bedroom. 
and I practiced with my father the morning of. I'd never pitched from the stage before. This script, you know, the lines, the invitation to a room of people that were not ready to be pitched to. It wasn't like a hardcore pitch, by the way, but like it was an invitation to make a decision to invest that weekend into an $18,000 coaching program. And I was terrified, but I was also excited. And I also knew I could maybe pull it off. And that weekend, uh, I had uh, 33 buying units in the room, and I had 15 of those individuals come to the front of the room with the contract filled out to commit to the first ever Vince Del Monte seven-figure mastermind. And you can do the math on 15 times $18,000. And I launched that last July. And I, I did what Grant Cardone teaches, you know. Bedros didn't use this line on me, but it was commit first, figure out the rest later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I commit, and that's what happened. That was the beginning of the seven-figure mastermind. As of today, we have 73 people in the coaching program. That's amazing. And I, I, and you did something so key that I think a lot of people, they need to have everything all figured out before they're ever into action. And like that'll halt your success more than absolutely anything. And I love even when we started this conversation, you were saying, you know, don't let everybody see the full path ahead. You just got to keep putting one foot in front of another and do what needs to be done right now. Yeah. And, and, you know, having, making that investment, uh, when I went to the front of the room, I was able to be transparent and say, I've just made a decision to also get coached my next thing. I share that story, not to the full extent at the meeting, which was, um, you know, he, he, you know, here's the deal, you know, talking about sales, you know, salespeople sometimes get a bad name. Oh, he's a used car salesman. Like everything that has been effective has simply been the truth. It's manipulation. It's not manipulation. It's everything I've ever shared is the God's honest truth. People say, you're manipulating people's emotions. Emotions are going to get whatever word you want to use, of course, because we're moving people from a state of static to emotion. Like, Yes, emotions have to get changed because yeah. people are stuck. Yeah. And I shared that story. I said, guys, I've been doing you a disservice. Like, I'm not a product of two-day events. I'm a product of 12-month coaching programs. So the reason I'm launching this is because I've been doing everybody who's been coming to these events a disservice. And that's the truth. I'm a product of accountability, and I launched a product, which is basically the product that I'm a product of which is basically how I built my fitness business. Every single product I came out with was an extension of my own physical transformation based on a different physical goal I had at the time. So there's authenticity, there's credibility, there's believability in the product, in the person who's marketing it. And that's really uh, what has to be at the core. Yeah, yeah. And sales is telling your story, what you've been through, you know, your experience and, and how you got to where you are today. And if people believe that enough, they buy into you. It's it, 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 that's it. <laughs> there's, there's no other, no other hard, hard, hard part about that. Yeah. yeah. And I think a big thing talking about the coaching, you asked me, so how's the year been or how's it been for making to the shift? I mean, yeah. it's, it, it's tough because I mean, we have our meetings every 90 days and you're now, it, it really just comes down to leadership and ensuring that you're still leading and that you're still ahead. And I have to, I have to stay on top of things yeah. like a year's come up. I have to, I'm like my renewal fee for empire is coming up again. 
And it's amazing how, like, even being in that environment, how hard sometimes it is to remove the wealth limiters in your brain. It's like, shoot, should I invest with them again? Is it like, how have I, like, how could I not, but how am I even contemplating that question? And uh, I'm like, I have to remember the reason I had the success this past year because I had those outside eyes. And I reinvested again. So it was, it was funny because I came up to like the renewal period with a lot of my coaching clients. And I had to have the same, hey, you're up for renewal for another year. And my top students were like, yeah, of course. Yeah, you know. But then, you know, there's certain ones that, you know, think that, you know, they, their money would be invested better elsewhere. And that's totally fine because that's what happened to me. I left a coaching program back in 2010 when I was with Bedros um, that was ultra successful for me. But then I thought, you know what? I think I could do it myself now. And that's when I started slipping. So money mindset is a, a strange thing, isn't it? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so one of the things I'm, what I'm trying to say is that if you're a leader of the group, you've got to always stay on point. You've got to keep the gas pedal down. Like people are looking up to you. And you have to be in a constant state of growth. And to be able to do that, you need outside eyes who can navigate you and uh, keep you on course or else you can quickly retract, regress to the point where your followers will see and they'll say, why am I paying this guy? Mm-hmm. He's coasting. I need to find – and they'll find an excuse. But if they – like Bedros and Craig are on till. They're networking with big name dudes and they're leaning forward. They're, ch- they're charging. I'm like, I've got to sprint harder to keep up. So you got to sprint. And to do that, you need a team around you to support you. You know, so you just got to keep up in the game. Mm-hmm. And this is, that's what happened to me. The, the, the most dangerous thing that ha- can happen to, to a business owner is saying these words. If we can just do what we did last year, if we could just do that again. If we could just do that again, you've got, I never, I, I, I never understood the necessity of keeping the gas on. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, but you know, that's not, you know, the minute, the minute you take your foot off the gas, you're done. Yeah. Well, even yourself, when you're saying, you know, you're just trying to maintain your, your income. And I think you were at a point where the evolution of Vince needed to happen. And do you feel now that you launched your 12 month coaching program, like you bought into empire mastermind, do you feel like you were revived again? Big time. But now I'm going through new problems. And and this is what Bedros pitched to me, said, you know, you're going to have new problems. Like right now, I need more coaches. And I'm doing way too many coaching calls. I need to be spending more time scaling consistent delivery with my coaches for this coaching program to grow. Mm-hmm. And it, you're, you're, you're constantly, man, like it's, it's tough. You're like, man, are you kidding me? Now I've got to bring on, I got to do this now. I got to do Holy cow. It doesn't stop. Your problems never go away. They just get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a key, key, key piece of advice. All right. We're almost at the top of our hour. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. Um, I've been hearing your, your kids screaming and yelling in the background. <laughs> you got a, a new little one there. for a nap. Uh, who knows? That might be John Luca. Actually. He's my little man running around screaming muscle power. How is family work life for you? You know, Ever since I took leadership of our, you know, direction as the family with the family, uh, it's a lot, a lot of like tension maybe has, uh, 
dissipated. I mean, I, I'll tell you straight up, having kids is tough, you know, for, you know, when you got the kids for, we got three now, I think you just have to really understand it's a season of your life. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's the temperature, but it's not the climate. Mm-hmm. So don't confuse the two because <laughs> it can become, uh, you know, exhausting, especially when some of your friends don't have any kids and, uh, you know, you start to compare and you're trying to keep up and, you just, you really have to run your own race. Uh, you really need to be on board. Like me and Flavia, were not on board with each other. Like she was doing her fitness business. I'm doing my fitness business. So we've got two different payrolls, two different teams. We're not aligned. And it worked actually great for like while we were, you know, just married for while we didn't have kids. But once we had kids, you know, someone's got to raise them. You know, there's got to be like a primary Um, parent yeah Yeah, a primary parent and and uh there was some you know we weren't on the same page there when i got clarity with the online coaching and uh told her flavia you do not need to work like literally like you can trust your mommy instincts and not feel guilty about not providing because her online fitness business is very profitable and we essentially put that on the back burner uh and that's obviously like we're putting a lot of money on the table for a different kind of investment that you don't see right away, but you have to trust this is the right thing to do. And we, at least for us, you're right, you, this is what we want to do. And uh, yeah, one person, it's a lot of communication. Uh, there's a lot of willingness that has to go in. And then I have to continue to meet her needs. You know, she still has needs despite how much money's coming in. You know, she constantly reminds that, reminds me of that. And uh, money doesn't make your problems go away. (laughs) And she has needs that money can't, you know, fill. Mm. And she still needs me to sit down. We have to have quality time and date night. And she has more desires than just the lifestyle. And I can't use that as, yeah, but you want. So there's a lot of, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is to be on the same page. with the vision, the season of life you're in, who's going to, what roles you're going to have. And, uh, it's, it's definitely tough, but uh, I think you definitely need to find some people who have like kind of walked the path and, uh, just trying to figure out like how they got about it. You know, I've learned a lot from Bajos and, uh, Diana, like she had a very profitable cooking business recipe business, but now she works, you know, side by side with Bajos to support the vision of growing fit body bootcamp and Flav and I are having that conversation right now too. Like, why are you trying to build, uh, you know, a female fitness business when you and I could build something together. And obviously that's not a decision that happens overnight or in one conversation or with force or with like, she has to, you know, and she's been seeing that, wow, there is, she's trying to figure out well, what role could I play? What role do I want to play? Do I even want to play a role? And, and I think uh, it's a it's a fun journey. I think it's great to be around other people who are on similar journeys, so you can have these discussions and realize you're not alone, and sorting this stuff out by yourself. Um, and uh, and and yeah, just take it day by day. Yeah, business and personal relationships are hard. It's yeah. I think CamFit Pro wants Joe and I to come and do a talk on couples in business. <laughs> I think that could be like a whole course on its own. <laughs> Oh, big! I mean, I think honestly that would be a huge appeal for many people, though, um, to want to work with you guys. Because I, I mean, I even get people that come into the coaching program and they just say, "Yeah, I, you're our guy. 
because uh, you have kids. They yeah. just, they just, it's those little things. Are like, uh, how are you guys doing it with the kids? Yeah. Yeah. How are you guys doing it with the new baby? Like, how the heck, how, how do you guys have a nanny now? Do you guys do like, what are your hours? Like, how do you guys do it all? Yeah, it's navigating through all that life stuff. Yeah, that, that's sometimes the hardest part. You can you can know the skills and the tactics and what to do, but when life is always showing up, yeah, <laughs> how do you navigate yeah. around that? Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, I have one more question for you that I end every episode with. This is a fulfillment project. So, what does fulfillment mean to you? Mm. Yeah, I think definitely growth. I need I need a sense of momentum to feel alive. I feel alive. I feel fulfilled when there's momentum in the right direction and when um my personal relationships are in order. You know, I have a relation, you know, knowing that I'm crushing it yet my mom's frustrated with me because I'm always on the phone when it's family time. That's like, oh man, I'm not crushing it. Mm. Uh, so trying to just not kicking your personal relationships to the curb uh, in the name of momentum. Just finding that sweet point, it would be, I think that's when I'm ultimately fulfilled. And knowing that there's everything I'm doing is like done you know, ethically, not that I've ever done like anything unethically, but knowing that we're doing, like we're marketing, what I'm offering the world is a great product. Like I have a service now that I can stand behind that's when I feel the most fulfilled. I'm putting something into people's lives that will change if they use it and take action and trust it. So, um, and obviously maintaining my faith, you know, obviously uh, navigating all of this, uh, you know, with a Christian faith and, uh, and, and not letting that go to the back burner, but still ensuring that people know who I am. That's really, that, that's what makes me most fulfilled. Knowing that this whole business has grown this past year, to be honest, when I've been most vocal about my faith is, I guess it's not a strategy. It's just, it's, it's incredible that this past year I've been more vocal about who I really am and that everything is growing. And I'm like, this is like, wow, I'm fulfilled. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm impacting all levels being who I am and knowing there's people out there that like me for not having to compromise my values. Um, there's people out there like me and I can continue to be like me and attract the right people. So that's what gives me the most fulfillment. Yeah. I think that's so key. You just touched on something so key that you can literally be yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything, the flaws, the good stuff, you know, maybe the dark parts of ourselves that we don't like, and you will attract the people who want to be in alignment with you. And as long as you're in yeah. alignment with yourself and authentic. Yeah. Yes. You might as well figure that out early on. And then, yeah, that that's like the coolest thing. I'm proud of the people that show up at my mastermind. I always tell my parents, my wife, I'm like, you should see the caliber of guys and girls in the group. Mm. I, I brag about the people showing up at my events and I've had people pull me aside and they're like, wow, where, where did all these people come from? There are some very high quality people with substance here. People aren't just here talking about ROI. There's like good good people in this room. And that's really cool to know that we're building something with quality people. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing Vince. Thank you so, so, so much for your time. Joe and I are looking forward to more dinners and interconnecting our families together and, you know, let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. And where can we creep you find you? Instagram would be the best place at Vince Del Monte. 
or my YouTube channel at Vince Del Monte. But Instagram is the most active right now. Yeah, you're crushing your lives too. I love your lives. Oh, thank you. Yeah, amazing. Thanks, Vince. All right, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Honestly, shows and podcasts like this are not possible without you. So I have so much gratitude for my listeners. You freaking rock. If you want to find me over on Instagram, I am sarah.fennel. Tag me in a post. Let me know what your favorite episode is. Hit me up with a DM. I will always write you back. Shows like this are not possible without ratings and reviews. So if you feel so moved, please write me an honest comment, an honest review, and let us know what you think of the show. 